Good morning, good morning. We are dancing in with Soul Mikasa, Mano Dibango. This is Charlotte Farrell, your own sister C, right here in the place to be, CJSF Radio 90.1, with your Friday Speak Up show. Have we got a treat in store for you. And our treat today is really a treat because we're coming to you in a hybrid form. Usually I'm in the studio and talking to guests over the phone. And this morning I'm talking over the phone to Jesse, our public affairs director who's holding down the fort. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, Charlotte. Good morning, everyone. Uh, it's it's fun to sort of almost be back in the studio with you. Yes. And this hybrid form of uh, we have part of our show today uh, as a Zoom recording that I did with a person who's emerging as my co-host, Adele Ropa, who is a filmmaker, poet, interesting person. She'll be introducing herself to you as we move into this show. And uh, it's great that the station is continuing to tell people the truth, the true things uh, that they should do or can do with the, the COVID-19 um pandemic. And I just wanted to add this note of inspiration. As you're washing your hands all those times a day, sometimes you're going to be in front of a mirror. So when you're in front of the mirror, smile at yourself. Smile, take a deep breath, and just thank God for the beautiful, majestic person that you are and know that you're going to make it. Uh, it definitely helps to to see that smile in the mirror. To see, you know, it's you don't see very many smiles these days if you're if you're mostly locked up uh, in your own house or, or even just taking the occasional trips. So I definitely appreciate that advice. Uh, and then I've been working with and uh, talking to a lot of, of seniors, the seniors that were involved in our four one one age powered by age uh, age friendly city project. They have been using this hybrid form of Zoom and continuing with the podcast and some of the skills that, you know, Robinson, CJSF, and others have taught us on that we can use our phone as a recording device. They're actually doing that and using it to create some stories, some of which you'll be hearing over these next few weeks on the show. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's a, you know, strange circumstances to be launching such a a project uh, underneath, but I I do think... um, it's a great opportunity to to share some of some of the voices and and get some stories told from from out there in the community at a time where we need it more than ever. Yes, and so I'd like to introduce a person that has moved up, stepped up to say she'll be a co-host, uh, Adele Ropa. Great. So uh, we're we're going to do that, and uh, this is uh, the conversation between the two of you. Your own sister C here in the place to be, and B and Adele Aropa are doing a shared hosting today, and it is going to be a very eclectic show, but we are talking about how the virus has changed our work life, and uh, also exploring in the creative arts ways of speaking to the situation. So I'm going to... Um, and, 
this is going to be initially for radio where you won't see us. We can see each other, which makes me feel good because usually when I'm doing my speak up show, I can see the programmer. So it makes me feel more comfortable, even though uh, as you hear this, uh, you won't be seeing us. So Adele, tell us some more about yourself and your fantastic creativity. Um, Yeah. So I am a writer um, and a filmmaker um, and a poet. And I don't really put writer and poet in the same kind of category because it's a little bit different sometimes depending on like how you go about it. Um, And yeah, so my work right now is around identity um, and also existentialism. So I'm just always concerned. Every time there's uh, some shift or change in my life, I always wonder how I fit into it and and who I am out of all of it. So right now during the current crisis, um, I have been having a lot of those thoughts and ideas and trying to understand who I am and how I relate to the world around me um, and also how my work is affected by the current situation and like in the face of uncertainty, you know, how do you navigate, you know? So these are all some questions that have been coming to me. And so I've been really working away <laughs> trying to understand and write. So I've been writing quite a lot. Um, and yeah, it's been very uh, healing uh, to have the opportunity to have the world around me shut down and to be able to actually like have some time to focus and think and to work on stuff. Um, I think we'll probably never get another opportunity like this again. So there's a lot of pros and a lot of cons, a lot, a lot of cons because of the sadness and all the deaths and the scared of the scaredness of humanity. But at the same time, shifting that perspective, there's also a lot of, um, amazing things that can come out of crisis. So let's let's talk a little bit about the shifting environment of working uh, at home. I, I feel like I'm busier than ever because (laughs) there are people calling. There's some people that are calling to see how I am. And then there are other people who are calling because they have nothing to do and they want to talk or catch up. And then there are people calling to share apps. I have a whole, if there were things that you could put in a drawer, I would have a drawer full (laughs) of apps because, uh, you know, Zoom has sometimes crashed out. Google has lagged. And as new people, other people find other ways of communicating. They say, oh, have you tried this? Have you tried Moodle? Have you tried, say, uh, funny things that have happened to me. I have one of my brothers in Kansas City is sending, uh, I think it's the one that, that um, it's on Google, it's like photo, photo app, a photo app, yes. And I may not be in a situation where I want to be seen. And so <laughs> my son called me a day and, you know, I was in the shower. I don't even carry my phone to the bathroom anymore. In the accident that I opened it and I don't have all of my clothes on yet or my hair is all over my head. Um, But also even times a day, there are a lot of people that have got children at home and they never had to share their phone with their, with the child. But because uh, schools are sending, that's one, and that's another thing that's happening. I have these alarms on for different stuff to remind me and it won't stop. Okay, I have alarms on to remind me of things like this call or that somebody wants an interview or that I'm supposed to check on something. So it's very different because the times that we might have had to just be on our computer doing one thing, there's a multiple things that are trying to get our attention. Yeah, 
I agree. Honestly, it's been very insane. Like I've spent so much time surfing the internet, looking for like resources and looking for like, I don't, I'm not um, eligible for the uh, current um, relief package that the Canadian government's handing out. Cause I kind of fall into this gray area. Um, I had a concussion back in January, so I'm on a worker's compensation. Um, and so I don't, I'm not eligible for relief or to get my taxes done, all of that stuff. So there's all these complicated um, issues that are going on with me. And so I had to find ways to get creative um, to, to be able to continue to work and be able to like take care of myself. Um, now that I'm not going to get the, not, that I'm not eligible for some, some parts of the subsidy because I like fall into this gray area. So it's been, um, I think it's motivated me more to be like, okay, well you have this, um, you need to learn how to go and fish. You have to learn to go in, <laughs> go, learn to fish, go learn to like uh, hunt and gather and find your own resources. And honestly, there's so much out there. There's like a lot of um, amazing like uh, people or like organizations like Vimeo and Getty Images and, um, there's also, yeah, a few other that are putting out, like also the UN too, they all, everybody's putting out all these call for action and looking for, um, artists to, um, apply for funding or for, for apply for opportunities. So I've been just working on that and trying to, to still, um, make pitches and still propose and still write out my stories and ideas just like, because it can't hurt to put in the application, you know? Yeah, an interesting thing. I mean, I wish I was a cartoonist because I would draw this thing where on the one hand, here's the government saying they're these subsidies, and then they say they're the forms, and then you try and go and put the form on, and it says, scan it. You know, and if you have a simple little printer and you've got a big sheet, you can't, it's not easy to scan. So then you have to sit and learn, you know, like from my printer, go to the thing and find out how do you scan with this particular computer. Uh, and then they're just sites that crash. People talk about their banks when they tried to go onto the website for the bank. The bank has a message on, you know, we're having an uh, uncommonly high amount of traffic right now. Try again. So I think being able to breathe and make comedy of this. Sometimes, you know, I was just laughing with my insurance man and then laughing with the customer service for my um, phone provider because they had a message on saying, we'll be happy to serve you, but that wait was going to be so long they would call me back. And then they called me back and they called me back right at the time that I was on the phone with my grandson. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it, it's funny, but it gives us a chance and a pause to take a deep breath and think, okay, we are back at the hunter-gatherers. What did people do when there was a dinosaur? Did they wait to get the instructions or did they run? Oh, great. But yeah, that, that, that picture in my mind, uh, hunter-gather, that there was also a time in the unfolding, you know, the history time, table when we were barterers and sharers and when things were in short supply and people were just gang rushing the stores to get toilet tissue or different things in a gather a hunter 
type of situation. We could have made a plan and say, okay, well, I'm going to the store. I'll get corn. You get peas. Or if we find out, I did see one man in in the uh, the store and they were calling relatives. And so they were making a plan. One was in this place and they had that and they just made a plan of how they would get different things and then meet up and, and divide it. But I think um, people that are, uh, maybe gardeners that no one was ever interested in how they did container gardening, <laughs> that now we can learn how we can grow things, you know, on our balconies from people that have put up that type of content. When you were talking about there's a hunger for content, some of that is related to the way that our life has been shifted, don't you think? I agree. How is, um, you mentioned uh, Google Images. I think Adobe also has one that is looking for um, images where you can, if you're a photographer or even uh, just an amateur who's taking pictures, that those are places that maybe you can organize your pictures and send them to them. Mm, that's a good idea. Yeah, there's a yeah, it's um there's a, a one one I'm applying for. So it's Getty Images is doing one for um, stories of women. So like, how do we re-represent women? Um, and so I was just like trying to write some, like a pitch about that um, because I guess women's powerful. Um, so it's really interesting just to see how that's all gonna unfold. I don't know. Um, so yeah, that's one such so one that I'm working on right now. Um, it's pretty much talking about the women of war and uh, that re- in their relationship to motherhood and how you deal with, like, and how we don't really um, see that as a symbol of heroism or we don't really see that as a symbol of strength all the time. We see the woman as X, Y, or Z, but we never see them as, like, you know, the provide, like, you know, like some of the time the women are the providers. They are the ones that are... Um, the strength, they are the ones that are like doing a lot of the sacrifice, dealing with the children, raising families, and they're not deemed heroes. So um, I guess that's kind of something that I'm really looking into right now is uh, rediscovering the female, the narrative of, of the woman and the women of war, um, and then kind of emphasizing my own matriarchs from, of, of the South Sudanese women. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like, my head is kind of running all over the place. <laughs> Okay, how many ideas can I like pull out? How let's like <laughs> Yes, that's what I find. You know, people this morning my head was all over the place because someone called to interview me about uh, seniors. What are seniors doing? And then they ask a question that was very straight. What are people who are isolated and lonely doing? I can't get into their house. So what I thought is those of us who are up and moving about could look for other ways to contact people like people who, you know, at a church or worship center, maybe they might have the phone numbers for people who participated and they could contact them to let them know that they were available and see if they were all, all right. I know that a, of a church that's doing that. They're just calling people. The 411 Center has uh, asked teachers and volunteers if they could just take a list that had been divided up to call people that were more reclusive. Uh, another thing is uh, we saw some children on the television, they've been showing some children who heard about the gravity of the situation and loneliness, and they started making uh, art from hearts, and they made it on their own window, but then they inspired other children so that other children were putting these happy pictures on their window. Uh, I thought because 
you know, what do you think about with the robocalls? If people see a strange number in their phone, they may be likely to not answer it. But if you put, you know, I've said knock on the door or slide something under the door or put a picture on somebody's window. There are some people, I think they were showing it in Nemo, one of the island communities. People were uh, making a picture and sticking it on people's window and then knocking on it. So it's a way of getting people's attention and then putting their phone number because once uh people have given someone their phone number, then they'd be likely to answer the phone rather than just thinking it's a robocall. That's a really great idea. Honestly, that's what I've been thinking too. It's like, for example, for me, I'm already an introvert. So I spend a lot of time alone. So for me, this is like not new, but it's just a bit different. But there's some people out there who are not used to that like isolation. They're not used to being alone and they don't really know how to like like it, it hurts sometimes for some people who are like ex- who have those extroverted feelings and that get their energy from other people. Um, and so I've been seeing like this little this shift into like the digital, like I call it digital renaissance, but like we are all like hopping to the internet and trying to find ways to feel connected to people and to talk. And so these like all these new platforms that are coming out to meet so we can have these face-to-face interactions to get that like fulfillment, you know, and to like, be able to get that motivation from your from that friend or to be able to see somebody and just like talk. I think it's bringing us some ways closer and further away, you know, because I think that that's what we're at right now. We're at this dance where we're like, we all want to be so close, but we're so far away. And so it's like, <laughs> <laughs> this is, I think of Mr. Rogers song, you know, who are the people in your neighborhood? Uh, yesterday, there were people uh, going along uh, my street. We heard all this honking. And so we said, oh, is that what they're doing on our street now? Are they honking? And my daughter said, well, it's not seven o'clock. It's not 530. So looking out the window, it was some people, they had posters in their car window. It was apparently somebody's birthday. And they went down one side of the street, just honking. And then they came back up the other side of the street honking just to get the attention. But I thought that might, that was, was good because a lot of people were, who were having um, things that they would have done with people, like the group lunches people have or uh, after parties or when people finish a, a film, they have a, a, a rap party. Those things that are not happening, people trying to find uh, a virtual way of having that same celebration. Yeah. Like my birthday's coming up in a few weeks and I'm just like, huh, how should I celebrate? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I wanted to ask you, you know, you're talking about reflection. We're going to have a musical break in here. But then after that, I wanted you to share uh, some of the exploratory poetry that you're doing. You're talking about it's a great time to write. It might be a time that other people look at exploring who they are. Okay, yeah. Let's take our little break and we'll be back soon. Yes. It says I, I, <laughs> I haven't learned how to insert music during a Zoom, so we will do that in post-production for the radio, but we will learn. <laughs> Can you play? I have something for one second. Okay. Um, this is called The Hands of Time. Um, this is uh, The Hands of Time by Crock and Smack featuring Alexander London. Okay. Thank you. 
<laughs> oh, I can't hear it. I can't hear it. great <laughs> what's the name of the song again the hand of time by crack and smack crack and smack well that was great <laughs> London. Oh. 
Okay, so now uh, tell us about the uh, writing that you were doing, exploring. You had some writing to the virus itself. Mm-hmm. So right now I am working on, so I'm reading the book called The Plague by, Ale, by Albert Camus. He's a Algerian, French Algerian um, writer and he's kind of like, does like, focuses a lot of his work on existentialism. Um, and so I'm writing a little piece called uh, The Plague, an Allegory to COVID-19. Um, so here's a little uh, snippet. So it says, uh, plagues make us reflective. The mundanity of everyday life absorbed by everyday people who are using habits to cope with existence, maintaining social order, because as long as there's consistency, the fragility of who we are tang tangles on a rope at times like these. A time where you ask and ask, but never hear an answer. It's simple to say we don't know. In Albert Camus' The Plague, he says, life is a hospice, never a hospital. Pestilence is so common. There have been as many plagues in the world as there have been wars, yet Plagues and wars always find people equally unprepared. When war breaks out, people say, this won't last, it's too stupid. And war certainly is too stupid, but that doesn't prevent it from lasting. This whole thing is not about heroism, it's about decency. It may seem a ridiculous idea, but the only way to fight the plague is with decency. Reading this book feels like reading a journal you've written to yourself a millennia ago. A part of us knows that our writings are messages that, we, that get passed between the hands of time lingering in space, waiting for curious minds to seek it. I live in the past. In times of uncertainty, the best place to look is behind you. Our predictability and consistency is why Seneca continues to be a great teacher of mine. There has always been a degree of separation between me and my subjective reality, hiding behind thoughts and ideas, yet paralyzed to form any movement. So I hide in plain sight and yell triumph. During this plague, the question of who will be treated first? The ethical questions of uncertainty. A part of us all strives to be healers. Yet in the face of uncertainty, our solidarity is fragile. Um, so that's kind of like a little um, of what I'm working on currently. Yeah, it's very, you know, one of the things that I like about the broadcast that we, we get uh, from the prime minister's level to the BC level to the city is the emphasis on kindness, the decency, and to think about each other. Uh, they showed this morning how some people are discarding their gloves. One of the things we shouldn't do is if we are using masks or gloves, just throw them out into you know the byways and you know the streets, the grass. And there's some people doing that. So a person making the appeal was saying it's common decency to find a place where you could put it in a bag and dispose of it rather than to leave it for a park worker or, or someone else to risk themselves picking up your trash. And then they the decency of um, waiting in line when they have those spaces marked off six uh, feet apart to not make complaining, grumbling sounds, <laughs> like using your body uh, like a, a horn in a car. Uh, there was uh, I was in a line on Sunday morning and they had these spaces all marked off. And somebody way at the back was like <clears throat> clearing their throat, and I thought that's just like a car, <laughs> you know, the person that doesn't realize there's a red light. And there's a reason the person in front of you has stopped. So just be patient, chill out. So I thought the way that that 
piece, you know, emphasized and came back to they have always been plagues. They've always been situations that uh, having the decency is an important thing to remember and to practice. I think so. Like, I think the whole emphasis right now, or I would say the two words that are really encompassing of our certain situation is decency and heroism. Because I think a part of us um, strive to be healers and strive to make an impact or make a change or to leave behind something, um, especially in the face of uncertainty. So a lot of us are trying to hero are trying to be heroes, but this isn't about heroism. It isn't about like who is going to put on the cape and come to the rescue. It's about just being decent. Mm-hmm. It's just about that human uh, connection, that understanding of the human condition. You know, we are all don't know. We all don't know who we are. We all don't know why we're here. And we're all trying to figure out ways to just cope and understand with what the heck is our reality, right? And that's the whole, the whole place of the existential crisis. But like in this time, I think it's about, you know, the soul coming together and being like in, in solidarity. Like in um, Albert Camus' The Plague, um, a lot of the themes that he kind of like talks about um, are, I made a little um i made a little uh mind map to oh. uh, to, you know, to keep me on track for when i'm writing mm-hmm. um, so a lot of the so he kind of goes in by saying like what is the plague so it's about it's called the absurd right and uh, the absurd is just something that switches our consistency right so we have our mundanity of everyday life our everydayness is what keeps us kind of connected to who we kind of are you know we are connected to our jobs we're connected to our routine you know and that's what it is keeps us from all this like society from like it's kind of keeps society in order and so whenever that gets whenever that gets disturbed then we either fall into a state of denial or we try to find ways to cope with it. So either we deny it or we come together, you know? Mm-hmm. And so in our society, it's a lot of between solidarity or individualism. And individualism is, is a selfish way to think when we are all in this together. When like epidemic or pandemics fall apart, it's a community that is affected and community is not made up of one person. Uh, even though in your own minds, it might feel that way, <laughs> you know? But like, even though you're always experiencing just your own life, there are people that are going to be affected um, and we are affected in society. And so either you can choose to exile yourself from society or you can choose to come together. And when we come together and uh, band against the collective and have a collective response against the absurd, which is right now the COVID-19, um, then we can find ways uh, to have acceptance and to find this belonging and then go back to that word of decency. you know. Um, doctors are not doing their job to be dec- to be heroes. They're doing it because right. it's common decency. Nurses, this is their de- people are continuing to work because they believe in the solidarity of all of us just continuing to do what we do, which is like be having this community and like we are human beings and collectively we are social. So every time you try to separate yourself from the crowd, even though it's important to be a free thinker, doesn't mean that you shouldn't stop caring about other people because there's no way that you're going to be able to, in this, like, flood the plague, survive it alone kind of thing. And so a lot of these uh, crossovers are really similar to what's going on in our current crisis where we are just faced with the, with the uncertainty and the absurd. And either are we going to be um, branch off and to be in our own solidarity, uh, come together, or are we going to be individuals and be, then, like, try to hide from it? 
you can't deny the, you cannot deny it, right? It is happening. This is affecting us, everybody globally. And now that it's hitting home, it's hitting our economy, it's hitting our way of life. It's, it's, it's affecting all of us guys, you know? So we have to remember that decency community and it's not about heroism. It's about just remembering we are a part of the human condition. And so that's kind of like what my whole premise of trying to, or what I'm trying to work through and write about. Um, But yeah, that's, that's what I'm working on as far as like, uh, and can you share again the name of the, the book, the author? Uh, Albert Camus, so A L B E R T Camus, C A M U S, Albert Camus, Plague. Um, it's actually, it's got the, the book is written originally in French, uh, but, they've, but they've translated it into English, so it's made available as well. Okay, so that's one of the things that people with their extra <laughs> time can, is it, you think it, it's something that a person might also find um, in, you know, that they're downloadable or eBooks, that it might be something people can find online? I'm sure there probably is somewhere you can find it online. I've, I went and I like to have physical copies of books mm-hmm. uh, because I feel, if I don't have paper, it doesn't feel real to me. So yes. um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a I'm a paper person. <laughs> I have my poems in a book. I have uh, I ha- I'm a paper person. When I moved, I had so much paper, but uh, I I wanted to get to the a point though about other things that people that's manifesting because there's been kind of a fear that after being uh, doing this distancing that we might get in the habit of not reaching out. But I think people are reach, like shifting gears, reaching into another level because there were some uh, restaurants, more than one restaurant where people were out of work, but then people came back to work and there's a group that's packaging uh, dinners. When they heard on TV that some of the uh, nurses, doctors, uh, caregivers at hospitals were working these long shifts and then not able to find anything to eat. They started packaging meals and sending them to St. John's, all the different hospitals. And then they've even uh, last night said that they've gotten to the point where they've been able to label them, like if they were vegan meals or particular things, even orders (laughs) that would suit and help uh, make people feel not only rewarded, but nurtured something that they really needed. People, after they've done those long shifts, need to have healthy food and not have to worry about uh, going to a grocery store or going to a place that they can't go in and sit down and eat. Um, there have been some people that have tooled up when they've talked about they didn't have to use the WAR Act to get companies to shift um, their setups, shift their assembly lines to make different things, make masks. Uh, the creativity of people who had printers, uh, what do you call them? The, yes, 3D printers, and they're making making uh, face shields. I think it's really stimulating us to not go more into isolation, but to look more at what can I do? What can I do with the skills and the things I have? That's true. Honestly, I've I've found myself so much in, in a bigger sense of community than before. Like, I used to be scared of getting too into the internet, you know, because I'm like, oh, like, I don't want to, like, disconnect so much. But now that it's, like, the best, that's how we connect now. Um, I found myself involved in so, a few communities online, and everybody's pulling together. There's, like, some communities that are for, like, freelancers. Everybody's posting, hey, guys, this person's hiring. This person's doing this. There's all these, like, um, Maybe people making Google Docs of information and like uh, what's it called contact sharing. It's been it's actually like 
wow, it's buzzing. And it's like, I've never, I don't know, it's, it's so amazing just to see people banding together and coming together and creating these communities virtually. Um, I'm a part of this 3D printing group as well. And, wow. uh, I don't, I'm not, I'm not even a 3D printer. I'm honestly, I'm just helping to try to get there. I'm more of like a marketing and media and like digital, like I'm more involved in that. I'm not really involved in 3D printing, but I do know how to market and strategize and like find, find ways to um, get people seen or heard or like, you know, um, getting them or get, like, just because of the way that I've done some marketing for myself, I've just been able to like trans have those like, things being transferable. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been really amazing. Even like, uh, my production company, we're right now, we're actually like being a part of this, uh, call to action plan from the UN. So we're making, um, my team is making, uh, infographs and translating them into three languages. Wow. So we're doing it in Japanese, Arabic and English, and maybe potentially in French as well. And I was also thinking about doing it in Dinka, but they just don't have this formal written language just yet. So I have been like a little hesitant, um, but we've translated into three languages and we're sending it in and now we're using it for webinars. So it's just been, it's been really um, interesting just to like see the different ways that we, we can do things. Like we don't need to be politicians to make changes. We don't, like you can be a graphic designer and make information infographs and send them out and like, you know, make webinars so people can have information sharing. Like there's so many opportunities to share and to, to communicate. And right now, I think essentially the most important thing out of everything we've discussed is the importance of knowledge and yes. making sure that you are educated and educating yourself and like not staying in bliss and like knowing that, hey, this is the reality. These are the things X, Y, and Z. Like get yourself prepared. Find ways to help. <laughs> well, I think it's another hopeful thing because it talks about a shift away from hoarding. I, I know, you know, being in the media area for years that there would be people that would learn about something and, but they wouldn't tell anybody, you know, they might be getting advancements or sales, but now there are people just, there's one woman that she filled up my, my, my phone with links to poetry sites. She knew that I wanted to have a way of posting my poems or doing audio poetry. And she just sent me all these sites I'd never heard of, of ways to design your poems, uh, play games with poems. And I thought, wow, that was just, you know, it's just so wonderful. So when someone does that for you, uh, it unlocks other ways. Like the example you gave, you're not a digital printer or a 3D printer, but you're helping somebody who's in that business using the skills that you have in marketing. Uh, I must say, Adele speaks six languages uh, <laughs> and does poetry in some of those languages. Uh, do you want to share a poem uh, that is a short poem from uh, the way you play with language? Okay. Um... So there's this, I guess I'll do the, the current one called the Espilly Blues. So it goes like, Madiran wow, Madiran wow, Madiran wow, Ran wow, Madiran malakal wandi kujuba, Loi bai kadek in a belly bai, Bonim tidena wacha, McKay, McKay, McKay. I remember the music that played in the background of my childhood. My mother seeking solace in the things that destroyed her. I will look into her eyes and see the reflection of the sky she once looked up to her face crying out as muffled voices screeched from the radio, her eyes fading into an expression I could not understand. We were strangers. She was strength. In her power, I saw weakness. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. And then, uh, 
we're going to hear another song and then we're going to um i'm going to share one of my uh poems along that line of healing poetry and rallying poetry <laughs> i have another one to play for you guys this one is by a really great friend of mine her name is adela ori she is um, a composer and also doing scores for tele for tv um well she did the score for my documentary um and uh, yeah, she's well, probably one of the most amazing, talented people I know. So I just wanted to give her a little shout out. Um, here, let me find you guys a good song. that you need to follow phone calls and email.
that was wonderful. Thank you. Oh, I see, you know, people are doing yoga at home and uh, just uh, breathing exercises. That would be just great. Yeah. Tell us the name and the artist again. The song is called Warrior, and the artist's name is Della Ori, D-E-L-L-A, last name O-R-R-E-Y. And can they find it on YouTube? Yeah, you can find her on YouTube, on Instagram, on Vimeo, um, and SoundCloud. So if you just look up the name Della Ori, you can find her. Um, she's also on LinkedIn. Wonderful. Anywhere you got to go. And she created the music for your video, I mean, your, your film. Tell us again the, the name of your film. Uh, so the film is called Who Am I? Um, pretty much an ode to my mother's past as a child soldier and how through like learning about her experience and through art, writing, and other uh, multidisciplinary expressions, I found my sense of identity, um, which is always ever-changing, but, you know, help me find a little grasp. But, uh, yeah, the, the film is pretty much exploring my mother's past um, and pretty dealing with the intergenerational trauma that comes from war and our, the, how that affects our relationship. And then also being displaced and... Um, growing up away from my roots, kind of the difficulties that came with growing up black in Canada. Um, and so it's pretty much having to relearn how to love yourself. So it's called, Who Am I? It's a, that question of how do I fit into the world? And it's an award-winning film. <laughs> and it's available. You did something very different. First of all, Adele didn't go to film school to learn film. She drew a lot upon what she learned as a fashion model for, what, six years? Eight. Eight years. A fashion model since age 14, I might say. And uh, she put it on, there's a, a thing from most festivals that say if you put your film into uh, public media, it won't be considered. But she braved to put it there so that people could see it and feel it. And you still won awards. Yeah, I won too. Um, I won uh, Vancouver Short Film Festival, and then I won uh, the Vancouver International Women in Film Festival for Best BC Short. And had it not been for the travel ban, you would have been going to where you were invited to go to Boston and some other places to show this film. Yeah, I was doing some in Boston and New York. Um, and then I also had like a few screenings in Vancouver. So I had some um, informal. Uh, so I was working with Cineworks and um, Documentary Organization of BC. We were going to be doing a showcase, uh, informal discussion, um, and having like a viewing. And uh, yeah, so I had, a, uh, I had like maybe like six to eight screenings set up from April to May. Um, so it was going to be very, very busy. And I was going to be traveling and I was going to be. So to be honest with you, a part of, and, like, I'm sad, yes, that like I'm not able to be like going and still like pushing my work. But honestly, I'm also really happy because it's made me change my direction, you know, like as an artist, you're sometimes also a dreamer and you're always kind of floating up in uh, your uh, potential world, but like you're not doing things that are a little, are very tangible. So, I mean, the fact that I can't travel is really good for me because I always try to like go to the next place. So it's been nice to sit down, be forced to stay somewhere and then work on something and make it tangible, make it like real. And so it's been nice to be able to just like work on stuff that will for later, instead of just focusing on the future, trying to work on some stuff for the now. So I guess like that's a lesson that's come from this experience. I can't be mad because everything happens for a reason, but 
I can only, I can say that I'm really happy that I got to shift my perspective a little bit. So, yeah. And so I found the first week I was really sucking up tears because today, today I would have been in Las Vegas and then tomorrow I would have been in Los Angeles and I had eight different things booked. I had actually finally during December planned and scheduled things so that they were going to flow in great, wonderful order. And just off the books because these were, um, I'm a nutritionist and it was doing um, in-service training for people who have residential care facilities for people with HIV and then doing some engaging workshops for the residents. But now I've gotten over the lamenting. It's forcing me to have to look at other ways to break up the way that I used to do training to find people have sent me Moodle and Adobe Spark other kinds of ways of taking dense chunks of information and putting them into cartoons. I can learn from you infogra- <laughs> infographics. I, I wanted to learn infographics. It's been on my to-do list, but I haven't done it. So now uh, you mentioned that you know how to do it. So I will be drawing on you for how to do that. But yes, that, sit yourself down. Uh, the, there's an actor uh who said this very ungloriously with a lot of profanity, <laughs> but about sit yourself down, stay at home and see, you know, what there is, what's revealed to you from inside, the way that you are doing this writing, exploring and speaking to the virus, because uh, we have that guideline that we repeat, wash your hands several times a day, but from the holistic health side, it's like while you are there washing your hands at least a few of the times, you're going to be in front of a mirror. Smile at yourself. Think of all the times we usually look in the mirror and see what's wrong. Oh, there's a spot here. And why are these blinds up here? Smile. <laughs> Laugh at yourself because it sends some really good uh, chemicals, brainwaves, releases some things in your brain that also help you to be more resilient, uh, improves your resistance. But even if you do contract the virus, having the resiliency to bounce back. So sit yourself down have a good laugh <laughs> learn some things that your friends know how to do that were on your hope to do list and share it because that really is happening and it's really wonderful seeing the way that people are just reaching in and telling people you know there's this oh you do that well there's this this and this or did you know you can get this over there and i think it's really revealing something different about the nature of us as 2020 individuals that's different from that previous area of sharing and being on the notion of scarcity and that I can't give anyone something because it's going to mean I lose something, that we are really into a flow of, aside from washing stuff off of our hands, washing some old mentality things out of our brains and hair. Amen. So I'm going to share this poem. Uh, I had wanted to do uh, an audiobook of poetry, and by testing whether we can do our show by Zoom uh, or other platforms, I've been recording some of it. So this one is called Bring on the Peacemakers. May the peacemakers let themselves be known. Bring on the ones who stand on the line and call time. Time out on distress, discord, and duress. Bring on the ones who pray. May peace prevail on earth. And truly, that it begin with me, with thee, with them. Bring on the peacemakers, the children who sing glad tidings in the morning, those who bring joy and love as welcome as a dove. 
Bring on the peacemakers, those who value books over bullets, those who enable school bells over jail cells. Bring on the peacemakers, those who center God in their goals, those who activate faith in their functions, those who center their gifts on creating shifts. Bring on the peacemakers. That's really beautiful. I love it. Uh, and so now again, I would say I'm Sister C, and you're in the place to be. Uh, that place to be may be on the internet. That place may be at CJSF Radio in Burnaby, San, uh, the campus of Simon Fraser University, which is closed, but we are learning how to uh, communicate without the technology that's there in the station. So thank you for today. I'm announcing Adele as my new co-host, so we'll be cooking up something <laughs> interesting again for you next week, and I'm out of words. Tuning in, I was, I don't know, we'll see, we'll uh, be surprising you soon with some uh, interesting stuff to be cooked up, but in the meantime, like we said, sit down, Take a quick look at yourself and remember that you are beautiful, you are loved, you are important. And uh, even though the world is in a state of chaos, uh, the external world and your internal world don't always have to mash, but you still have to think about other people. So learn that division, that little dance between individuality and, um, yeah, the difference, like, you know, that dance between individuality and solidarity. There's a, a, nice, there's a nice flow in there somewhere. You know, you just got to find your place. Bring in the community. Find your place in the community and don't forget to be an individual as well as part of the collective. There's a way to do it, guys. And it's just a matter of, like, what is it? Decency. Back to the word. <laughs> right. And when we say, when you hear what time it is, it, it's always love time, poem time, time for raves, <laughs> time to words from heaven to shine. Love time, poem time. And we'll see you again next time. Love time, poem time, love time, poem time, love time, poem time, time for words from heaven to shine. Love time, poem time, time for words to pattern and rhyme. Love time, poem time, time for words to Wash the wounds, bind the lashes, and play bassoon. Love time, poem time. Time for poems, poets and singers. Time to untie all life's ringers. Poem time, love time. Time for you to reveal to me. Unravel all your mysteries. Time for joy and utter grace. Rest from toiling in this place. Place of poems, place of words. Place for love instead of swords. Love time, poem time. Poem time, love time.
Love time, poem time, times for words from heaven to shine. Love time, poem time, time for words to pattern and rhyme. Love time, poem time, times for words to wash the wound, bind the lashes and play bassoon. Love time, poem time, poem time, love time. Time for poems, poets, singers, times to untie all life's ringers. Time for you to reveal to me, unravel all your mystery. Time for joy and utter grace, rest from toiling in this place. Place of poems, place of words, place for love instead of swords. Love time, poem time, poem time, love time, love time, poem.